I think what we're getting at is, is always check in with what feels good. In this moment, what feels good right now? If it doesn't feel good, stop doing it. Stop. Because the feeling is the manifestation. Right. The feeling, you guys, the feeling is our vibratory resonance. And that's why it's so important to pay attention to how we feel and how we are expressing ourselves within an emotion or a feeling that we have. Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess. I got Beach with me, and we're here with our July edition of Ask the YTs. We got some awesome questions, and we're diving right in. What do you say, Beach? Let's dive in. All right. First question comes <laughs> from Amy. I told you we were diving in. I say we're diving in all the time, and then we never dive in right away. Let's do it. Okay. First question comes from Amy. I've been plant-based vegan for almost a year now but I really still think that my microbiome is very off balance. I've always been opposed to cleanses and fasting, mostly because I have a bizarre relationship with food and it sounds unpleasant, but I'm starting to think I may just need a total reset type of thing. I'm just curious if you have any insight on that or something that's worked good for you or your followers. So the first thing is, um, you know, what, what Amy's experiencing is super common you know, the relationship to food and also the microbiome feeling like it's off balance when we make this switch from, you know, a, a meat in our diet to a plant-based diet. And I don't know how much meat she had in her diet, but there can be some discomfort that happens before the system levels out. So it can take a little bit for the body to catch up and, and heal. And I think the key is to just eat with color and keep things simple and not overcomplicate it. So I actually had emailed her with an example, which sounds really delicious. Like for dinner, you could just do a sweet potato with a little coconut cream, some spinach, a few walnuts and hemp seeds. Like that would be an amazing dinner. So I think we just got to keep things really simple and trust that Mother Nature provided, you know, a symphony of food with perfect packaging. And it's really about eating the spectrum. As far as um, how we feel about eating and, um, you know, the mindset around it, it's like noticing, I think the first step is noticing our thoughts around our relationship of what we eat and, um, and really how we approach preparing meals. Like, do we think that we don't have time? Do we think it's a chore or do we choose to look at it as a joy or a privilege? You know, as somebody who um, prepares food for the household, although BJ's been doing most of what? that these days, uh, <laughs> there were times where I felt like a victim, like, oh, I, I've worked all day and, <clears throat> and now I have to prepare food. And I switched that mindset to, you know, what a privilege, that I get to be the leader of, you know, how the person I love the most in this life, BJ, and myself, you know, I love myself too. Like what a privilege to be in charge of the vibration of the food that goes into our, our body temples. So I chose to look at it more of a, like a privilege. And with that ended up putting so much more love and, uh, into the experience. And then from that came more joy. So mindset is key. And then watch, watch the words, watch the words we use. Cause if we think our microbiome is off, you know, there's the scientific piece of it, right? Like the microbiome could be off, but also the body is going to respond to how we feel and 
how we feel is going to activate thoughts. And so it's important to see the thoughts that we're indulging and the words that we're using to describe our health. And um, so this is something that you could take into your meditation because we know that the you know, the, the feeling is the manifestation. So I don't think it's all just up to science and calories and carbs and fats. I believe that, you know, uh, the majority of the work of really stepping into our full level of health and wellness is in our minds. So that's what I have to say. What do you think, Beach? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd get curious about the detox and the. Oh yeah, I forgot jump, to address the, that. Thanks. The um, the interruption in what you're what you're normally eating and and we say this all the time with our athletes and with the people we work with is like remove the doubt, remove the doubt. Go go have a detox. And if you've done a de- a specific type of detox before, try something different. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to change everything in your life, and you're going to miraculously be cured or healed, what I'm saying is challenge your belief system and interrupt the process. Interrupt the process. The same thing we do when we go to bed at night, we interrupt all the momentum that we've carried through the day. We sleep, we pause that momentum, and then we have an opportunity the next day to start creating what we want to create. So try a detox. See see what it's like. If it was a five day before, maybe do seven day, maybe do one day and continually uh, challenge your beliefs that Jess was talking. Like challenge what you think the the opportunity is. Like maybe it's not your gut bio. Maybe it's really just your thought process and your and the thoughts that are coming in and out and the thoughts that you choose to reinforce and indulge in on a daily basis that you don't even that you're not even aware of. Yeah, and Amy's tapped in. She's doing the work. She's meditating. She's practicing mindful living. Um, and I'm glad you remembered about the the fasting and and the cleanses. So I do I have work work I do work with a couple of athletes who have used Prolon, and is that how you pronounce it? You familiar with that Prolon? I'm pretty sure that's what it is, and they've loved it. So I have no affiliation with them. I have never done their their program, but I've heard good things about it. We'll put a link in the show notes to that, and then um, you know Beej and I have done like two cleanses. One we had to abandon in the middle of it because we soon found out that being in like a build phase for Ironman is not a time to cleanse. So that was that was good. But we were willing to try it, right? So that's how we learned. Uh, but yep. other than that, we've done like a three-day juice cleanse. And that was Joe the Juicer. Yeah, Joe the so Juicer from Fat, Netf- Sick, and Nearly yeah, Dead. Yeah, that, that uh, Netflix series, uh, movie. Yeah. Um, so give it a try. Look, look it up and just go with it and, and interrupt the process. The other thing I wanted to say about it is, is try, um, try mono eating. Try just eating bananas for a day. For 24 hours, just eat bananas. What is, what is that like? Uh, or maybe even if it's just um, two meals a day, you have bananas. Like get curious about, about the food that you're putting in your body and really remove the decision fatigue by just fueling yourself with one type of food. That's it, just one food. And bananas are such a great example. We just had Ian Myers uh, on the podcast, and he's a big banana guy. I think he's up to like, what, 12 or 18 bananas. He's a big guy, though. He's a strong guy. So you don't need to have that meant that much, and it's a lot of calories. But just, it just limit the decision fatigue and see what happens if you have bananas for a day or two or three, and what happens 
to your thoughts, what happens to the way your body moves and feels and, and processes everything. And drink tons of water. Like, I think we forget how much water we need. We're, what, 70% water? Like, drink more water. Yeah. Yeah, like when you think you're hungry, drink a lot of water, get the cleanse in. And also do the lemon, apple cider vinegar, cayenne pepper first thing in the morning. But it sounds like you're, you're curious about having a reset. And I think that you should, like BJ said, remove the doubt and just, and just do it and have that experience fully. Okay. Next question is from Meg. I was wondering if you have any recommendations for sneakers for running, tennis, et cetera. So shoes. I think shoes are personal. Um, and I really, my suggestion is to go to a local running store and have them check your gate. Like look for a running store that has a treadmill or a place where you, they can see you run and walk. Um, also a place where you can walk around in the shoes for a couple days. Like we love running warehouse because of that reason. We have no affiliation with them whatsoever, but when I'm trying a new pair of shoes, I like getting them from running warehouse because, um, I can walk around in them in the house. They have a really generous return policy, but look for at your local running store. You know, I always, it's always nice to support the community and, um, and develop a relationship there. And, and, and I think that it's just personal. You've got to, you've got to find what works. I think that the shoe is not the answer, but at the same time, there's, there's different shoes for different bodies, different patterns, different feet. Um, you know, I run on the road. I run in Hoka Mach 2s, which I love. And I took a, a break from Hoka's, but I was at Ironman Santa Rosa and Healdsburg Running Company was there. And I was talking to Skip Brand about how, you know, I can't really wear Hoka's because they're too narrow. And he introduced me to the Mach 2s because they're the widest footbed. And, uh, and I love them. So it was talking to him, buying from him, which is a, it's not local to my community, but it is a community that we're involved in. And i um, so happy to support them. And then for trail shoes, I run in the ultra temps, which I love. I love. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, uh, if you're asking me, it's, it's all personal. And I've been through the, the process of hoarding shoes by buying, you know, three or four of the same pair because you're afraid that once they change the shoe design that you're not going to be able to run in them again. And I was actually thinking about this on my run today as I'm now in my second pair of Rincones, so the Hoka One One Rincones. Really, I mean, it's been a long time since I've been able to run in shoes for as long as I ran in these. And the last pair was the Nike, original Nike Lunar trainers back in the mid 2000s. And I remember you, you definitely, I mean, we've both gone through this. Like you definitely, you definitely had attachment to those. You were trying to find them. You were like any, like you're on eBay and you're like trying in every warehouse section of every online store trying to find them. And yeah, I think it is personal and you know, you want to go and find out what, what works for you, which is not the fast route. It's not the streamlined route. It's a process of discovery. And, um, but the thing is, is that the shoes are not. <laughs> the, the shoes are not going to solve your, your knee pain. It's not going to solve your calf pain or your toes or your back or, or any, it's not going to make you run faster unless you get the Nike 
vapor flies. But to be honest, it's really the structure of your body and the awareness you have in strengthening your whole body, strengthening uh, your feet, muscles like walking around barefoot. Uh, stand, use a standing desk versus sitting. There's plenty of things you can do to strengthen your body structure. The shoes are not the solution They're in or the problem. <laughs> They're just a part of what allows you to run on a surface with some sort of cushion. And this is coming from my perspective where, uh, let me finish before that thought before where I just put over 1,200 miles on a pair of shoes, one pair of shoes. And the only reason I'm not still running in them is because they rip apart where the inside of the foot meets, uh, meets the sole of the shoe. Like they just, for some reason, that part rips open. And for these particular pairs, they didn't do it for 1,200 miles. This is based off of 10 months of daily um, strength and mobility work on my body to address issues and opportunities. Also, I walk around barefoot. Also, I've been in the sport for 15 years. So, and I use a standing desk for most often. Um, all these things will allow you to observe your body and be in the moment to see what areas need improvement. Now the shoes, yeah, uh, check out what feels good. Like exactly what Jess is saying, go to your local run store, see what feels good, buy a pair of shoes. If they're a really good pair of shoes and you're it's the answer. Like it's, yeah, ah, you can get online to run as a warehouse, runningwarehouse.com and order another pair or order the last year's pair. And, um, but you know, I don't feed into that stuff. As I was saying, I was on the run today and I had the thought of, I love these shoes so much right now that I should buy an extra pair because they're coming out with the second version. I immediately thought I'm actually holding myself back from the opportunity to have even a better shoe fall into my lap in the future. So I'm hoarding and, and coveting this. Right, because this who's to one say experience that I'm having right now. The version that they're developing right now in the conference room at Hoka isn't the one that you're going to love even more right. than the one that's Or not getting, even Hoka. Yeah, it could yeah, be yeah, anybody. Yeah. New balance, like go back to New Balance. Yeah. Like, yes, it's so true. So yeah, the the hoarding is definitely fear, and I felt that too. Like, or I'd be pissed, you know. Like they changed the shoe. And as soon as I would hear that they changed the shoe, I would have a mindset that it wasn't going to be good and I was going to get injured and it wasn't, it wasn't going to work for me. And guess what? Like, it didn't work for me because that's what I believed. And how great for the running shoe company. You're going to buy six pairs of the shoe, not just one. You only have two feet. You only have two feet. So what is happening with those other pairs of shoes? The shoe companies are jumping up and down for joy. I mean, they're, they're ecstatic about it. Right. And, you know, there's no lack in this universe. So if you buy a pair of shoes from your local running company and they're $150 and you run in them for two months and the, sh and the running store is like, I'm sorry, we can't take them back. Boy, you could donate those. And wouldn't that be so lovely to donate them to somebody who maybe would never be able to run in those shoes? And then you're in alignment with the law of giving and receiving. We got to keep everything in circulation. So, um, yeah, just watch the, watch the relationship, the relationship with the food and the relationship with the shoes, like the relationship with everything that we do, because it's our response, you guys. That's what's dictating our reality. Okay. Next question, Beach. Why don't you jump in here? All right. Next question. Uh, I'm on the road for business and away from home for a few weeks. What is a breakfast dish I can make? that will keep me fueled up for the morning training session? And what's one bowl 
you love to make for dinner when you are short on time. Mm, okay. So you must listen to us because we do make a lot of bowls. All right. So morning, what would you be? What would be your uh, morning dish that can keep you fueled up? So one of the things I like, if for a little bit, um, I love fruit. So let me just say that I love fruit in the morning. And, but if I'm going out for a run, I'm not, I don't want to do granola or oatmeal. It's too much in my belly. This is my experience. So I'll do either fresh strawberries, always banana, and then I'll do a little agave, some coconut, uh, cinnamon, and then a scoop of almond butter. And that works really well for me. So that's kind of my go-to if I'm going to have a bowl of something before a run. And I'm, always wanting to, if I'm, if I'm scooping in the almond butter, I'm aware of the time because there's a lot of, you know, fat in there and, um, it's going to take a little bit of time for my body to process that. So that's my fave for my go-to prior to a workout in the morning. What about you? So for me, I'm going to give two, uh, one for biking, cycling and before cycling, it doesn't really matter. Well, I guess it does matter. I guess the longer the ride or you know, the, the duration of the, the session, I'm going to have oatmeal. You know, if it's, if I have at least half an hour before I'm handed out, I'm going to have oatmeal. And that consists of rolled oats with, uh, cooked in water and then agave, cinnamon, chia seeds, shredded coconut, fresh blueberries, banana. And this is where things deviate. So if I know, if I've got to get out on the ride pretty quickly, I'll scoop you know, some peanut butter into my oatmeal. If I know that I have some time, I'm probably going to dip my spoon in the oatmeal t- and then, or dip my spoon in the peanut butter and then dip it in my bowl of oatmeal every time. It's like Mr. Pitt from so Seinfeld. I'm constantly getting a scoop of peanut butter with my BJ likes to have individual oatmeal. scoops of nut butter on his individual bites. You guys have been watching this for 20 plus years and done a lot of healing around it. <laughs> so switching gears to running, we uh, same as Jesse. Like you want to keep it light, right? You want to keep it light. You're, yeah, you're, I would say that's that's a heavy. That's one. way too heavy for for running. For running, I will just simply have a banana, maybe with some cinnamon on it, or I'll do a banana with just a little bit of peanut butter per bite. Per bite, <laughs> Mr. Pitt style. George Costanza. Um, yeah, if if I don't have a lot, if I'm talking about, a, you know, a half hour or 15 minutes before my run, it's a banana straight up. No almond butter, no bowl, no nothing. And then you always have to share that with Clark or you're not getting out of the house alive. Uh, what about dinner? I mean... Oh, so dinner, so one bowls. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I'm really digging farro. There's a 10-minute farro at Trader Joe's. And there's this Zug sauce, which is amazing, vegan Zug sauce, and steamed broccoli. Well, <laughs> and that's it. No, actually, Swiss chard because we are in an abundance oh of Swiss chard from there our garden. There is no lack in our garden right now. We it's been like two months, and we've been eating Swiss chard it's like every day. Little shop of Swiss chard wonders. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the meal, and I'll just sw- I'll just steam up the Swiss chard and maybe some broccoli, and throw that into the farro, and then mix the zug sauce in, and there you go. Because far- everything's got protein in it, so I'm not worried about getting enough protein. Uh, I'm just worried about not worried about anything. I'm just worried about how much yeah, don't fun worry. I'm going to have. 
eating this meal because I eat it again and again. And Jess is actually concerned when I'll get sick of it. And she's actually concerned when I'll get sick of the granola too. I know, which we'll have to develop a new recipe. But as we're podcasting right now, there is a large, like a, like a mixing bowl of granola next to BJ's foot. I like BJ's farro meal as well. I like it with a little of the Mediterranean hummus from Trader Joe's in there too, along with the Zug, Zug sauce. But for me, one of the things I love to do with a bowl, like a one bowl meal is uh, quinoa on there and then whatever veggies I've got. So let's say broccoli, Brussels sprouts. And then on top of that, I will put, so that's just kind of plain. I'll steam those veggies. And then on top of it, I'll put kale chips. And the kale chips I do in the oven on 350, 325 with some olive oil, salt, and nutritional yeast. And then I just put a huge pile of those on top. And then, you know, it all gets mixed in and and the olive oil and the nooch and the salt kind of creates its own sauce with everything. So I love that. It's super simple. Yeah, I think that's right there. That's the key. It's got to be simple. Yeah, I mean, just even that like dinner idea I gave to Amy, like sweet potato, a little coconut cream, some walnuts, like just like not a bowl of walnuts, but like five walnuts, four walnuts, something like that. Just keep it simple, simple, simple. Yeah, if you keep if you keep grains on hand, we have these jars in our cabinets, these clear jars that we can see what's in them all the time when we open the cabinet. We're not guessing, so we always have. I shouldn't say we always have. Most of the time, farro, quinoa, and rice. So some sort of that is made, and we make two servings of it. So we'll use one for the night and then one whatever, the next night or or lunch. So we've always... Okay. No, go. I was going to say, we always have that as the base. Yeah, we've had that for years, like just superfood cabinet. And sometimes we don't have it as a base. The other day, we just had vegetables. Like we... Mm, I love that too. um, Brussels sprouts, kale and Swiss chard and just had that in a bowl. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was filling. So good. Yeah. Anything about food, let us know because we'd love to talk about it. Um, but also check out our cookbook. Get our cookbook. We have tons of meals in there. Yeah, you guys, just a reminder, Yogi Triathlete Cookbook, High Vibe Recipes for the Athlete Appetite, and High Vibe Pie. Those cookbooks were made in a kitchen that has one pot, one pan, one knife, one strainer, you know, there's, you use spices and ingredients over and over again. You know, a lot of motivation for creating this cookbook was, um, that I was done buying things that I used a half a teaspoon for and then never used again. And then they were like hidden in the back of the cabinet. And I was like, I really want to just share, um, recipes that are, I believe easy, simple, high vibrational, nutritional, and um, that don't require a whole lot of fancy, you know, commercial grade uh, kitchenware. Yeah, and we're two active endurance athletes, so sometimes neither of us wants to invest time in the kitchen. And a lot of these recipes were born during the time where I was like that victim, victim in the kitchen, like, I don't have time to, oh, and you know, all BJ does is train. I have to make dinner and do everything. And so that's like, when you have that kind of attitude, your recipes are simple. (laughs) But when I did create the cookbook, we created those recipes with an extreme amount of love. 
All right, next question. Bring it on. I've been testing out my race nutrition on longer rides and runs and started to mix different drinks together. I added Carbo Pro to Goo Roctane on my last long ride and oh. got an upset belly. Didn't run strong off the bike and think it has something to do with my nutrition. What do you recommend I do to figure out this nutrition game? It's Let the Steven. mixologist be the mixologist. Right. There's, so let's just say there's nothing that you and I together haven't tried. Yeah, we've tried a lot of things, inclu- including not taking nutrition. Yeah, inclu- including just <laughs> surviving on air. <laughs> Which doesn't work. You got to fuel the temple. You got to fuel the temple. This is, this is actually, uh, I've done this before. I used to use Carbo Pro you back did. in Boulder. And, and creatine. I, we've had lots of things yeah. in our kitchen. Way. We had way. Um, but I used to mix it. I, I think I wanted to say I mixed it with Infinite or... Which is so funny because Infinite is, is custom the, for you. Yeah. So why would you mix so anything with that. that? So yeah, the, the, the Carbo Pro, well, let's just say companies, here it is, companies create these drink mixes because there is a scientist most likely behind them who is calculating the osmolality of, of these uh, drinks so that they get, osmolality is, is how it gets absorbed in the body. The body. So if you have something that is dense, your body is going to fight it. If you have something that's watered down, you're probably not going to get enough of what you need um, to fuel you at the effort that you want to perform. So these companies like Goo and Infinite and Gatorade, they formulate these, these drinks with sodium, maltodextrin, whatever they use, so that your body can absorb it. So any any swaying left to right takes practice and takes um it takes practice because you need to train your gut to absorb this stuff so when you start mixing drinks together you're playing with the osmolality of that drink and yes some people out there don't really have a problem with this it's it's possible uh but for most people who their daily diet isn't optimal because we believe firmly that having an op- having a really solid, you know, day in and day out nutrition program is going to help you when you actually need to add these sugary drinks uh, to your performance. So, I wouldn't mix Carbo Pro with your drink. I would instead get curious about Infinite specifically, because they will custom format a uh, a drink for you, and you can call them up and and work with them and see what works best. Matt Russell, who's just on the podcast, uses it. He spoke about concentrating it. Now, it's not that he will uh, drink the concentration and that's all he has. He's doing that specifically because on race day, he can keep his infinite bottles on his bike. He doesn't need to pick up anything and stop at the special needs. And he can supplement what he's taking in in that concentration with the water that's on course. So he'll fill his hydration system on the bike with water. So I will do the same thing. I will double concentrate my two bottles on the bike and I'll take less of a sip from that concentrated water bottle and fill the rest of whatever I'm taking in at that time with water. So you just got to be conscious about yes. like you're you're yeah. you're mixing it but you're not you're not messing with the recipe really, but you're just taking a more dense concentration and then lightening that up a little bit with some water. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah, and it gives you ownership. So if it's more diluted, great. Actually, that's okay. 
if you start to feel low on calories, you can take a little bit more of a sip. So you, you can self-regulate that, that process a little bit. But if you're unsure, guys, if you're unsure about concentrations, read what's on the package, mix it exactly as it's stated, see how that works in training, and then adjust from there. Yeah, you got to practice nutrition. And I think this person is heading into their first Ironman, right? No, not their first Ironman. Second. Second Ironman. Okay. So I, I don't know. I just think that infinite is a nice way to remove the doubt, right? Because you're working with a company that's customizing it for you. I've got great trust in Goo and maybe because we have a close relationship with them. I don't know. I just, their Roctane works really, really well for me. And I don't never even consider messing with the, uh, with that, you know, recipe at all because I know that they put a lot into their science over there. So that's just, that's just one company. I know there's a lot of amazing companies out there that are doing great things. So it's like the shoes, right? You got to find what works for you. And it's a, um, it's a process. So the mind wants the answer, right? Cause it, because we don't want to be in discomfort. And of course you don't want to be in discomfort, but you know, really dialing in nutri- your nutrition is going to require you to fail sometimes in workouts and races and things like that. Like there are going to be times where you've got to learn what doesn't work so that you can continue to discover what does work. I I think nutrition like that, that you're discussing is an opportunity for you to really take ownership of your training and of your performance. Mm -hmm. You're not relying on the company. You're not going to say Gatorade makes me sick. You know, when I race because You've had time to practice and come race day, it shouldn't be, it should not be the first time you're testing things out. Mm, yeah. Right. It shouldn't be the time you're like, oh, I'll just take Gatorade. It's everybody else is using it. So how often have you trained with the nutrition you're using? And here's the key. How often have you trained with the nutrition you're using at the intensity that you're going to race at? Right. And you're never going to go out and race and an Ironman in training at the intensity that you're going to race at, but you can piece certain pieces of it together, you know, working with your coach. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cause, in, cause that intensity, your, your stomach is under stress. Your body's under stress. All right. I got a question over here and then I think you've got one I more. Got one right? more. Okay, yeah. cool. We're going to wrap, wrap this up after we wrap a little more. Okay. So this comes from Elaine, a simple list of needed items to hit a first-time trail run. What's essential? What's super awesome to have on hand? Products, etc. I'm really trying to cover the unknowns to be able to show up regardless of the anxiety. Also, how to wear layers. I'm always too hot or too cold. I don't get it, so any tips there are appreciated. Okay, let's start with a simple list of needed items. Scrolls um, nut butter. Yeah, squirrels, nut butter. I love that stuff. I mean, it's, I'm really, I'm going through it really fast. <laughs> like I went through an obscene amount in Bryce, um, but I've been known to get pretty obscene with my lube. Uh, so we love squirrels. They make a vegan option if that's important to you. And they also have a cycling salve, which BJ has been using and loves and... So lube, lube is like essential lube and lube it all. Lube your feet, like lube, baby, lube it up. Lube it. So this is something you have control over. You're going to have friction. Yeah. Like lube, right? lube, a lot of times like you can get, um, 
you know, rub like on your heart rate monitor area, like, you know, like where your bra is, like just, just when in doubt lube, I lube my, like around my triceps, triceps. and, um, yeah. yeah. So have fun with that. Get nice and slippery and smooth. And then trail shoes. I, BJ used to run the trails in regular shoes. I think trail shoes are an essential because you get a grip that you don't get with road shoes. So, and, and what trail shoes do you use? Ultra Timps. Okay. And I use Hoka Speed Goats. Yeah. I mean, in, in, yesterday was a great example. BJ and I were out on the trail and they had done a lot of trail work. And so some areas were like deep sand. Some areas were um, rocky and technical. Some areas were just like really dusty with rocks underneath. So there's like opportunities to slip and slide and, you know, just... Or, or just make the run so much harder because you're in sand. So I love trail shoes. I think those are an essential. Um, also, I like having a hydration pack. So then your hands are free. You're not holding any bottles. And um, it can get hot on the trails, you know. I don't know where she's running, but, um, you know, to stay hydrated. Uh, sometimes it can be an adventure. You can get a little lost. You want to make sure you've got food and hydration. I use an Ultimate Direction Halo Vest. I like that vest, and I'm discovering other vests um, as the, the, that one is starting to get some pretty good wear on it. What are some other essentials, Beach? I think having the buff is oh, is a really yeah, good a is buff. a really good addition uh, for for so many reasons. I like to wear it around my neck because it protects my neck from the sun. Uh, sometimes I like to wear a headband so I can pull up and, and use it as a headband. I saw you use it yesterday to dip into the Yeah, like I, bubbler. it was like 95 degrees on the trail yesterday and I put it in the, the bubbler. <laughs> I <laughs> no, put it in some fountain. cold water and squeezed it over my head and then rinsed it again and put it around my neck and that felt really nice. Um, I use it as a tissue. I, you know, use it if I've got something in my eye. So I like having a buff as well Those are and a hat is essential. Um, I think those are kind of the, those are the essentials. essentials. Yeah. And oh, the, oh, the um, one last thing is the the covers that you put over your... Oh, yeah. So a, I also wear gaiters. I haven't been wearing them lately. It's been interesting. And there's some trails where, you know, you want gaiters because um, maybe it's really sandy or it's actually like crushed shale and you don't want to get that into your shoes. So I like the gaiters. I wear dirty girl gaiters. But the other thing is I was running down Mount Baldy one day and I got my shoelaces stuck on a rock and oh my gosh, I had angels with me because there's no reason why I didn't have a, just an awful, awful crash that day. And I was running with my friend Pamela and she had been telling me to get gaiters and my, it was like, it was crazy. We were running full speed down. It was rocky. And all of a sudden it was like my shoelaces were caught on this rock. And it was like, I started to launch forward and I, again, angels, a lot of protection. And I stopped and kind of shook it off a little bit like a bird that just flew into a window. And I was like, okay, I'm getting gaiters. And I ordered gaiters that day. So yesterday we were on the trail and something was telling me like, tuck your shoelaces in because I didn't have my gaiters on. So that's the other thing you can do. You can kind of thread your shoelaces through the laces so that they're not sticking out. And then one other piece is I like like calf length socks because low cut socks is if especially if you don't have gaiters can 
you can get a lot of stuff in your socks. And I've also found that they just slide because you're, if you're going up, you're going down, you're, you've got a lot of uneven ground when you're on the trail. And so your socks can kind of move around a little bit. So I wear in gingies and I have a pair of dry Mac, Mac socks. Yeah. And then, um, Oh, the layering. layering. Layering is important. So two things that I think of when I think of layering, number one is arm warmers. I love arm warmers because super easy. If it's hot, I just slide them down. I can ball them up. I can throw them in my pack. That's really easy. And then the other thing is um, I love the Patagonia Houdini jacket. And in the wintertime here, you know, it will get chilly. And um, I'll wear that Houdini with just a tank top underneath. And it's like, it's the thinnest thing in the world, but it is like a thermo reactor like it is so warm and it's windproof and it's pretty darn rainproof um i mean it's not waterproof but it does really well in the rain as well so i love the patagonia houdini and arm warmers so i like i have a lululemon long sleeve shirt uh it's one of the i think it's tech, um, metal vent um shirt the no stink shirts um, that they have. And so I like just thin, thin layers. So I, it's something that's thin that I can pack up and bring with me my pack. And I also have the, the trust that when you're moving, you're warm. Um, and anytime you're cold, really all you, re- all you need is just a little bit of something because you're, you're continuing to move. And when you don't move, you're most likely done with your run and you can, you can get your jacket from the car. So I like the long sleeve shirt. I always, I most often run in a tank top or a t-shirt and then carry that long sleeve with me. I, I rarely ever need it. Um, but also gloves are something um, for the cooler mornings. If right now in California, it's I know, pretty right? warm. <laughs> it's just, I'm getting hot thinking about right. gloves right now. But. but not too long ago, I was running them and biking in them like a month and a half ago. My goal is always to like not have to take my pack off. And I figured out a way to get my Houdini off my body without taking my pack off, which I love. And then the arm warmers, that's obvious. You don't have to take your pack off. So, um, you know, with a long sleeve, you got to pull it over your head and things like that. So I've survived. I know you would survive with having to take your pack off. It's not that big of a deal. Um, all right. Do we have one more question? Yeah, we have one more. Ooh, I'm excited. I don't know what this one is. Really good one. This is from Jody. Yay. All right, I used, and this is, you know, I'm reading, but I'm going to uh, infer a little bit here. Uh, I used to be crazy competitive, and I am not anymore. The older I've gotten, the less I care about my, uh, all that stuff. I'm not sure why, and not sure it's a bad thing, but I really have come to realize that I don't even care about racing, and by racing, I mean legitimate racing, so lining up to, at a start line with a group of people. Um, I really just want to go out and have an experience. I literally would be totally just fine running by myself or with close friends in a self-supported adventure instead of signing up for a random race. Cool. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's great. So, yeah, we'll go into that. Like, because this is a really good time that we're all experiencing this and some people are, are questioning why they're doing what they're doing. And it seems that Jody is sort of stumbled upon uh, this feeling that she doesn't necessarily need to have a number or line up at a race start, but she can go out and have a similar experience just by finding a friend and, and going on a huge adventure. 
Now, to me, that's, that's awesome. Like you don't need to race. I don't think a race is necessary. However, I would say, I don't know what the experience is, but if, if, if you're shying away from races because of something you didn't achieve at one point at one time in a race and you're, and you're staying away from that, I'd get curious about that. You know, you're, you're shifting your, your focus elsewhere. Like, don't let it be a limiter to what you can do. But also, if you're really tapped in and tuned in to, to feeling into just getting out there and having an adventure, celebrate that. Like, go do it and go do it tomorrow. There's no, there's no reason why you can't. Um, we're the only ones, I should say, we, our minds are the only thing that is limiting us to the, whatever adventure we have. It doesn't have to be a 50K. It doesn't have to be 100K. It can be 12 miles right? Or it can be a five-hour run. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And I love the exploration of not really having that race there um, for you to go after. Just, just embracing the joy of running, the joy of, of what it is you found that makes you happy, and you're, you're finding a way to do, do it a lot, do more of it. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I mean, I think that um, if that's what feels really good and that's what feels aligned, then oh my gosh, you got to go. You got to go with that. Um, you got to find what works for you and understand we're always changing. So yeah, you used to be super competitive and now you're not anymore. I used to be super competitive and I don't think I am as much anymore. But I love the race environment. I love the race environment so much. Like it just brings so much joy and. So if, if Jody, if it brings so much joy to her to just have an adventure, then awesome. Like, you I mean, we know her well and she's so strong. Like she's got nothing to, to prove. And, um, this feels very authentic for her. And I think it's awesome. And I, I, you know, we're seeing more and more of these amazing experiences and adventures that people are putting together, whether they be self-supported, whether they, um, are, you know, solo adventures. I think it's really cool. It's a really cool way to kind of hand select your community to come together. And, um, yeah, I think it's awesome. And, and I love the progression of change because we're always changing. And so it's just because you used to be one way, like we're not even the same person we were yesterday. So always just stay fluid with what feels aligned for you because your alignment, hopefully your alignment is always changing. Um, hopefully it's moving in the direction of the life that you dream to live because we're always creating momentum. Um, yeah, I think it's great. I love it. I, and I love to hear an athlete as accomplished as, as her saying like, I don't need a race. Like nothing's changed for her as far as races being shut down and canceled and postponed because she's internally motivated. So I love that because there are so many process motivated or process oriented, I should say, motivation's crap, process oriented athletes out there that are just, it's a, it's their lifestyle. And that's what we believe wholeheartedly here at Yogi Triathlete. It's lifestyle. It's how we live. It's how we eat. It's how we speak. It's how we move through the world. And it's how we express ourselves in our sport. So there is no right or wrong. If you love racing, race. If you don't love racing, don't race. But I would say the dangerous piece is training only because 
of the race because that's going to lead to a lot of disappointment. But yeah, I love it. I think it's awesome. If you're attached to the I hope it gets people thinking about, you know, their relationship and, hey, maybe I just want to have a solo adventure or an adventure with a couple people or bring together a a team to help me accomplish because that's just, that's beautiful to be in this place of people can serve you and you can allow and, and receive that service, right? The giving and receiving, so... Yeah, keep keep all channels open. You never know what's going to happen. You never know a year from now, all this detachment from races may come around full circle and you feel compelled at one particular race that speaks to you. So it's not having any hard lines. It's really keeping this, this, um, this open mind of anything. If I've come full circle this way, there's no reason why you can't come back the other way. But there's no timeline for this. So I think what we're getting at is, is always check in with what feels good. In this moment, what feels good right now? If it doesn't feel good, stop doing it. Stop. If the feeling is the manifestation. Right. The feeling, you guys, the feeling is our vibratory resonance. And so whatever that feeling, that's why it's so important to pay attention to how we feel and how we are expressing ourselves within an emotion or a feeling that we have. It's so important because what we focus on expands. Like what that vibratory feeling is, is our point of attraction. This is the law of correspondence and like attracts like. So if you love not racing and you love training, then just train. And if you love racing and you love training, then do those things. Like nobody says that you, you have to have this, this, and this to qualify you as being an athlete. It's a athlete is a um it's a feeling. So let that be fully expressed whatever it looks like. As long as you're having fun and growing and learning and expanding <laughs> and meditating and loving <laughs> and fueling your body temple and training your tool, your mind. And challenging yeah. your beliefs, yeah, and resting yeah. and and just navigating this each day with an, uh, an enthusiasm. And like not an, staying safe and small. No, no. So important not to stay safe and small. We all have that voice. I mean, we just launched Ian today and there's a part in that podcast where I, I was talking about how that morning it was like a really full day and I, for some reason, I mean, it happens all the time, but... Not every time, but sometimes like, oh, you know, another podcast. Am I going to say the right thing? Am I going to have questions? Like, am I going to be able to have the right questions? Can I carry the conversation? And I had this thought of like, it would just be so much easier if you just didn't have a podcast. Like, it would just be so much easier if you just like, I don't know, like had this really easy job where you didn't have to talk to anybody. (laughs) You could just go home at night and go to bed early and wake up and, you know, not really... Not really ever challenge yourself. And then like I choke and want to throw up on that two seconds later because that's not what we came here to do. We came here to grow. So we all have that voice to stay safe and small and we want to question it. And that's why, you know, paying attention and being mindful in the way that we navigate our day and every breath that we get to take, it helps us see and hear that voice that wants us to keep us safe and small. And then hear, the thing is, is that the safe and small voice is really loud. This is kind of like the jokes on us, right? Like that safe and small voice is really loud. 
And then the one that's like, no, you're limitless. You're amazing. Your body's beautiful. Your belly's gorgeous. That voice is really subtle. And we have to attune our tel- ourselves to that subtle energy because if we don't attune ourselves to that subtle energy, and that's a vibratory resonance, we're just going to hear the density of that safe and small voice, which can be really nasty. At least mine is. Is yours nasty? Of course it is. Is it? I'm what's, human. What's, what's like a nasty thing the voice in your head would say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're not tall enough. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> You're way, is that why you married me? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be the tall one. <laughs> you're so tall. Isn't that funny? Like you're not tall enough. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. All right. All right, um, let's wrap this up. You're a giant to me, baby. That's it. We're done. Yeah. We We're going to the questions. pool. We're going to the pool, guys. Love, love, love to hear from you all. Please love, keep love, sending love in you all. notes and okay. messages. We'd Join us for it. yoga online. Patreon members. You guys are getting uh, $10 or more. You're getting the classes uh, with your with your support. If you're $20 or more, you're also getting the recordings. You can also just register for a class if you want to kind of like case the joint a little bit and be like, eh, these guys, yeah, like, do I really want to practice yoga with them? $10 a class, pretty low risk situation. And then also if you're local here in... Uh, North County, San Diego, or anywhere around here, uh, even South Orange County, Beej and I are teaching at Yoga on State, which is a new studio here in Carlsbad Village. Super pumped. I'll be teaching Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Beej is teaching... Tuesday at 6.30 a.m. And, and Thursday at noon. Awesome. Okay. So that's Yoga it. Yogaonstate.com. We are on a mission to create a better world. You guys are all a part of it. And it starts within us. That's how we that's how we create change you guys. Like this be the change thing, like it's the real deal. So if you wanted to see something in the world, if you desire to see more love in the world, then respond to the world with more love. 